0: In the very near future, I have the grand privilege of celebrating a special day in my life and in the life of my wife, Rebecca, formerly Woodward. Now, she shares my last name, McCurry. Of course, my name is Mikey McCurry, and as the host of this radio broadcast called Bible Tract Echoes, I have the privilege, the joy of bringing Gospel messages and Bible studies to you. And this program plays on, oh, well over 100 radio stations nationwide and outside of the continental United States as well. And today, though, I'd like to use this position. I realize it's a precarious position in that I tremble to think that I could potentially ever misuse this grand position to speak to so many hundreds and thousands of you. You may think, Oh, there's not really that many people listening. Well, I have the privilege of hearing from so many of you that tell me you are listening, and it it means so very much to me, and that's why it brings me such joy to share with you a little booklet, a little book written by Paul Levine some 60, 70 years ago. It's entitled Pre-Wedding Days, and me and my wife, my wife and I, I should say, using proper English, we are fast approaching another anniversary of our wedding. I'm so very thankful for my wife, and I'm thankful to get to share with you the continuation of this special book, again, titled Pre-Wedding Days. We are in the chapter titled The Correspondence. Dr. Paul says, In His Word. He, meaning Christ, meaning God, he has a special message for us. He tells us in John 14, verse 3, And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. Isn't that a real message? He's coming back. He said so. These words from his own lips ought to cause us to search throughout the letter for more news of his return. Perhaps you've heard of the young lady whose lover was away on a business trip. He wrote many precious letters to her in which he said, I'm coming back. The days grew into weeks, and the weeks into the months. It seems as though he would never come. Every day she would meet someone who would ask if her lover had returned. She would have to answer sadly in the negative. Then they would begin to tell her all sorts of things. One of the town gossips said that He, meaning her lover, had never intended to come back at all. Others said he might show up in a year or two. She was also told that his word could not be relied upon, and that she ought to break her friendship with him for her own good. But she wasn't so easily fooled. Instead of believing what could have destroyed her simple trust in her beloved, and have caused them to break up, she would go home, unfold his letters, and feast on his words. Words like, I'm coming back. It was his word and not their word that she was interested in. She didn't believe the evil reports about him because she loved and trusted him. Oh, if we who professed to love Jesus had that kind of faith and trust in our beloved. One day he came back. He surprised everyone but her. You see, she was expecting him. When they were all alone, he said, how could you remain true so long after all the discouraging remarks you heard about me? She looked into his face and smiled as she said, Dear, didn't I already have your promise? He must have been very happy and proud to have a sweetheart who had so much faith in him that she wouldn't listen to what anyone else had to say about it. You, my friend, have his promise that he, Christ, is coming again. Tomorrow, you may meet the unbeliever. He he might laugh at you and make fun of your old-fashioned belief that Jesus is coming again. Are you going to let him break your confidence in Christ? No! Instead of listening to him go home, read John fourteen three, where Christ's words are found, I will come again. You will perhaps meet the modernist scoffer who will say, Oh, we've now outgrown that foolish teaching of the second coming of Christ. Where is that promise of his coming? I've always heard that, and he hasn't come yet. Are you going to let, though, this seducer blast your faith in your beloved and rob you of your joy, peace, and blessed hope? No, a thousand times no. Tell him, you can show him the promise in Christ's love letter to you. Turn to 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 3 and 4. Read the following, There shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lusts and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. The scoffer is silenced when he is told that men like him were to come in the last days. His scoffing only proves all the more that the coming of our bridegroom draweth nigh. You can read the entire rest of the third chapter of Second Peter to him. You see, it isn't what the infidels or modernists say. It is his word, not theirs that we are interested in. He said, I will come again. That settles it forever. He is either coming or else he's a liar. And he can't lie. Therefore, he is coming. One of these days, he'll come to the consternation of those who scoffed. Then we will look into his blessed face and say, Dear Lord, we knew you would come back because we had your promise. The next short chapter is titled The Reunion. After the young man in these pre-wedding days has been gone for some time, they begin to think of the day of reunion. The time passes so slowly. When he comes, she meets him with wide open arms. Oh, the joy of meeting again. Our reunion with the Christ is just ahead. What a time of rejoicing that will be. We will meet in the air. The Bible says, "For the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout with a voice of the Archangel and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first, then we, which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore comfort one another with these words first thessalonians four sixteen to eighteen My friend, if you are sick." suffering bereaved tried and discouraged ponder over these words joy will bubble up in your soul as you realize that all of these things will be at an end when he comes when we go soaring through the air all of our troubles and trials will be left behind we'll meet our loved ones and best of all our lord himself we close today with one last chapter for now We'll finish tomorrow the rest of the book. But this chapter, maybe most exciting of all, the wedding. You see, Dr. Paul continues, the wedding day has come. The lovers look back over the past. They remember the joys of their courtship. Their happiness in living for each other has made life worthwhile. But the joys and happiness of the past cannot be compared to their bliss on this, their glad wedding day. So, beloved, it will be with us. When our wedding day comes, we will look back over the past and remember all the happy days we spent here on earth. Our Christian life was not some long drawn out affair without any good times, but when we meet Christ as our Savior, when we found that He had sealed us with His Spirit, when He remained faithful to us in spite of our failures, when we read His love letters, These and many other things made us the most happy and contented people on earth. But all the past joys and blessings cannot be compared to our ecstasy on this, our happy, wedding day. Many, unfortunately, refuse to accept Christ because they say the Christian life is too dead, especially for young people. Listen, you don't really begin to live until you begin living for Him. What is life without Christ? a disappointment. That's why so many commit suicide in spite of the riches, education, and popularity. The things of this world cannot satisfy. Only Christ can do that. Very appropriately we sing, good old song, take the world, but give me Jesus. Young people will sell their soul and body to the devil, give their strength, health, character, money, and their very lives for a thrill. Their futures are ruined. All their abilities and talents are wasted. And their responsibilities are scorned in the search for a good time. Go ahead and break your dear mother's heart by your wayward life. Rob your wife and children of the necessities of life by your gambling and sin. Sow your wild oats and dive into the depths of sinful pleasure. And then after you've gone the limit, you'll still realize that still, You haven't found the thrill you were searching for. If you want a real thrill, take Christ as your Lord and Savior. To know that your sins are under the blood, that you are on your way to heaven, that you belong to the body of Christ, that you are to become his bride, to really know these things is a real thrill. But when you are united with Christ, at the marriage of the Lamb, your joy will be greater than ever before. It pays to be a Christian. We read, let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him, for the marriage of the Lamb is come and his wife hath made herself ready. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white for the fine linen of the righteousness of saints. Revelation 19:7 and 8. Do you remember how happy you were when you were married? well, that cannot be compared to what is in store for the believers in Christ. May I encourage you now, as we close our reading for today, we have one day left, and I'm so excited to share with you this very last little bit of this phenomenal book called Pre-Wedding Days. But as we close our time together on this day, let me ask you, do you know him? Will you be there on that glad wedding day? Or will you be one that says, I rejected him. I've seen his love letter, the Bible. Maybe I've even held it in my hands. Maybe you're one that says I had examples growing up. Maybe I was taken on a church bus to Sunday school. Maybe this is quite possibly the first time I'm really hearing all of this for the very first time. May I tell you that if you are under the sound of my voice, then, friend, the case could be made that you are without excuse because I offer to you now the chance to accept him. You could pray a simple prayer like this Dear God, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that the penalty for my sin is death and an eternity in hell. But I don't want that. I want to become a Christian. I want to accept your son, Jesus, as my Lord and Savior. I repent of my sin. Please take me to heaven when I die. Amen. Friend, if you just did that in just a moment, the announcer will be on to tell you about how you can contact us. I'd love to hear from you. If you have any questions whatsoever, please don't hesitate. If you have a question, a comment, a criticism, a concern, please, again, I'd love to hear from you, but nothing could be more important than the decision you are making or you just made. If you say no, you may never get another opportunity to say yes. I will pray that you are able and willing to join us for the conclusion of this book tomorrow right here on Bible Checked Echoes. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day for his glory. God bless. We'll talk to you all very soon. Thank you for joining us today for Bible Track Echoes, a ministry of Bible Tracks Incorporated. If you would like to receive a free sample packet of all of our tracks, you can contact us by calling 309 828 6888. That's 309 828 6888. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 188, Bloomington, Illinois 61702.